This is episode number 128 of the Middle Country Public Library podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Sal DiVincenzo, joined as usual by my fabulous colleague, Sarah Fade and Nicole Rambo. Hello. How are you ladies doing today? Good. Good. Welcome to the show. Another fantastic episode 128. Can't believe we're Mm. moving up in the world here. Uh, I just have a little bit of housekeeping before we get started. Uh, Just a uh, a quick uh, note to our listeners. Most of of the Library of Things items are now available for takeout, Mm -hmm. save for the mobile hotspots. There's a list that we're going through for the mobile hotspots right now, at least on the adult side. Um, So yeah. Yeah. So if you want to take out the, uh, if you want to reserve and take out stuff like the uh, telescope, Mm -hmm. Uh, VHS to DVD, all that kind of stuff. That is uh, now available. And again, uh, we're going through all the safety protocols with those, so they'll be quarantined and cleaned before they go out again. So uh, if you're interested in that, they are back, and it's uh, nice to have uh, one more thing that we can offer our patrons as we are moving forward here at Middle Country. Mm. With that out of the way, Sarah, why don't you go first this week? Sure. Actually, I think this is probably a joint yeah. okay. um, discussion between me and Nicole. Very good. Um, and it's really just to pay respect to John Lewis, who I'm sure if everyone has been paying attention to the news has has passed recently on the um, 17th. So, um, and for people who don't know exactly his impact on civil rights movements, um, we're just going to talk a little bit about what who he was and what he did and what kind of uh, materials we have in the library for um, further research and Great. stuff like that. So, um, John Lewis, he um, is a veteran of the civil rights movement of the 60s, um, and then he was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives uh, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And um, for people who don't know, he was a key figure in a lot of the 60s civil rights. So he was really um, a key figure in the Selma marches, the Selma to Montgomery protest march. He was one of the 13 uh, Freedom Riders. So what that was, um, was um, these 13 people who were um, both African-American and white, um, did an integrated ride from Washington, D.C. to New Orleans on a Greyhound bus. Um, they experienced a lot of racism. They were physically harmed. Their bus was burned, um, but they uh, maintained the ride and they completed it. He also was one of the speakers during the August 28th March on Washington, um, where over 250,000 African-Americans and whites um, went to the U.S. Capitol to have a peaceful march for civil rights movements for jobs. For what year? Jobs. What year was that? That was 1963. 63. And he was only 23 at the time. Yeah, which I find yeah, that's amazing. pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so I believe 23 during the 60s. Let's just head that on top of that. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, during yeah, that time, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, a young mm-hmm. young person during yeah. that time. Yeah. I believe uh, in the show notes we have a clip of the speech that he yes, gave. Yes, it is in the show notes. Um, and then I'll, there's also... Um, transcript as well. transcript, thank you. And then, so just for people who don't know, the Selma to Montgomery marches, there was actually three protest marches held in 1965. Um, there was 54 miles um, on a highway from Selma, Alabama, to Montgomery. 
Um, it was organized by nonviolent activists to de- demonstrate the desire of African-American citizens to exercise their constitutional right to vote. For people that don't know, I mean, they were allowed to vote, but there was a lot of restrictions, uh, racism um, that prohibited a lot of people from registering and even voting. So um, because of these marches, the Voting Right Act of 1965 was passed. And um, just so you know that there was some real, like, you know, it's hard to believe that's from 1965, but it's not also with the climate that's going on today, you know. So, but back then, a lot of things like literacy tests, you had to pass a literacy mm-hmm. test, which as we all know that um, not everything is created equal in this country of ours. So a lot of people couldn't pass this test. There were some shady laws saying that if you were allowed to vote with your grandfather, then you're automatically allowed to vote. And then if you weren't allowed, your grandfather wasn't allowed, you're, you know, mm-hmm. and that, um, you know, obviously in the South where there is slavery, a history of slavery and people couldn't vote because of that, that also had an impact so um, because of those marches, this uh, Voting Rights Act was passed, and that, you know, was a, a clear victory and um, a b- big milestone for for the movement back then. So I don't know if you want to add anything to... No, like, just and as far as John Lewis in particular in regards mm-hmm. to that march, right, his big kind of um, whatever, it was on the Edmund Pettus Bridge where they were attacked, mm-hmm. and him specifically was, like, brutally beaten where yes. he, like, almost died. And mm-hmm. there's, like, a very famous picture you know, yep. from that and stuff. So that's kind of where, like, you know, if people kind of hear that name or, and hear about that, like the Edmund mm. Pettus Bridge section of that march mm. is kind of really important as as it relates to John Lewis. Do we have that film in the um, in the collection, Sarah? The Selma film? Um, yes. Okay. And also, um, you know, the, it was nicknamed Bloody Sunday. Mm-hmm. So if people want to just, um, you know, do a little research on, on what that was and, yeah. and everything like that and... It's just very um, eye-opening because you know people tend to forget because it's it's far enough away where you don't relate it to your your life now, mm-hmm. but it's also not that far away <laughs> uh, in the grand scheme of our country. And um, if you wonder sort of how you know why tensions are the way the climate and everything um, might be the way it is, it's because we still are very much a young country. And these things are still very raw. And um, it, this is, I feel like a lot of people should know our history. And and like I said, I think um, people are tending to forget. You know what I mean? And, and they shouldn't. So on that note, I just wanted to, we have a few books on um, John Lewis. So um, they will be in the show notes. Um, one of them is, um, there's a few nonfiction. One is called, these are adult books, Across the Bridge, A Vision for Change and the Future of America. He wrote this. Um, there's another called Walking with the Wind, a memoir of the movement. You also wrote this. Um, the other one is Selma's Bloody Sunday, Protest, Voting Rights, and the Struggle for Racial Equality, which is about the movement back in the 60s. And then um, also, you know, he did write a graphic novel mm-hmm. for young adults called March. It won a um, Credit Scott Book Award. It, you know, it I believe it also won another Yeah award so um and there's three volumes in that mm-hmm. so and it's like being taught in schools now like you yeah know, you, like it's right. a good so i mean like and like you said we have some movies on yes. it and you know it's it's a topic that should not be forgotten about i believe so not saying that it is at <laughs> no. all right. but i do think that is people tend to forget 
Yeah, and it's uh, timely. I mean, we're not, we're all put the news on uh, once a day. You know, we mm-hmm. like, it's going on. Like, you know, you can't really get away from it. And like, I think anyone will tell you to like know where you're going. You know, you should know where you've been, and then you can like mm-hmm. make changes. Exactly. So, you know what I mean? So knowing your history will guide you know how you proceed in the future and i think that's like super important and even like back to john lewis specifically so he was like obviously a huge activist and he turned that activism into becoming a congressman so Mm -hmm. now he was like part of like lawmaking decisions Mm -hmm. and he had so much power but he was always like nonviolence was always his thing Mm -hmm. and like a huge part of it not to say that violence didn't happen obviously we saw him Get beat right you know mm-hmm. so but they you know but they truly his approach was, his approach yeah was nonviolent, non-violent you know yeah. so i think that's huge and he's also he's like very graceful like forgiving like he forgave george wallace right mm-hmm. the man who like literally wanted the segregation mm-hmm. to happen who like mm-hmm. sent these troopers or whoever you know what i mean to do this like mm-hmm. he would go on to forgive him so i just think he's like specifically such a amazing man you know what i mean and someone mm-hmm. that we should remember as well as the whole of the civil rights uh, you know movement so I thought that was interesting. And he would go on to, like, get arrested many, many times. Even mm-hmm. as a congressman, mm-hmm. he supported, mm-hmm. you know, gun uh, restrictions and stuff. And he, like, talked with the uh, kids from Parkland. And, you know, mm-hmm. so he was always just, yeah, like. Recently, recently. Yeah, yeah. recent, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, until the end, yeah. like, I was always, he was always kind of yeah. still an activist. Like, obviously, that was his route. So even when he became a congressman, I think activism was still a huge part of, like, who he was as a person, which is really cool. And then, so obviously, Sarah gave you the recommendations for adult and uh, teen. And so there's a ton of, I you know, I like my sources. <laughs> so there's, uh, we'll put it in the show notes. And it's from socialjusticebooks.org. And they have a really great reading list. And they do like early elementary, upper elementary. They do middle grade nonfiction, middle fiction, high school nonfiction, high school fiction, and stuff mm-hmm. for teachers and also stuff for parents. It's a very exhaustive list. And I went through it and we have... All the books, the ones that we don't have, I put in an order from Amazon to get them. Okay, cool. So we're going to have everything. And for the younger ones, you know, it's not about John Lewis necessarily since Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's about the kind of the movement and stuff. Um, But there is one um, for upper elementary called John Lewis in the lead. And that one is specifically Mm -hmm. about him. But there's a whole bunch of other uh, books to check out. And we'll have those in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. Great. Very good. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. Sure. And guess what I did this week? What? I actually have a focus segment. Hey. When was the last time we did that? We're <laughs> up and running. Hey, yeah. so, uh, so here's this week's focus segment. So our focus segment this week, we have Deborah in the studio. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming down. Today, you're going to talk about the, the new exhibit in the museum corner, correct? Yes. Now, we're in a very strange situation. Yes, we the are. The world is a much different place. It is. However, you folks have come up with something really great for this year's museum corner exhibit within the COVID world. We have found a way to make it work. Found a way. So what what's happening uh, for, for the next exhibit? Okay. So first of all, the new exhibit, it's a brand new, just opened exhibit. Um, it's called Tell the World a Story, Folk Tales from Around the World. And it invites children and families to immerse themselves in oral and written traditions of cultures from around the world through fun, creative, um, 
and engaging listening, reading, writing, and role-playing activities. Very nice. Um, so there's opportunities to engage through puppet play and musical instruments and listening and writing. And um, all these things will bring uh, features of these cultures and stories to life in um, meaningful ways. That's great. So it's basically stories of the world, global stories. Yes. And we, we are focusing on four major areas of the world. Okay. We have a focus on um, Africa and the Anansi spider stories. Oh, wow. Um, we have a focus on Asia, specifically Japan, and the um, learning about the Japanese Kamishibai theater experience, which is a was a way of storytelling um, popular there during the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And then um, Europe, in Europe, we're focusing on the European folk music and minstrels of medieval times. And then for the Americas, we have a puppet theater, and we are focusing on different folktales. Uh, many of the folktales throughout the Americas, North, Central, South America, include animals in the story. So we're, we're focusing on all some of those. How does this work exactly with, with the way things are and how we have to be safe? What, what have we done to facilitate this this right. year? So we can't just be open to the general public sure. like we you know were before. So what we're doing now is um, we are going to allow families to register. Um, middle country families with a middle country library card can register for time slots. They can do that over the website, over phone, or in person. They can um, register to come in for one hour. Um, this is it's the real focus is for kids in kindergarten through fifth grade. Okay. But older and younger siblings, of course, are welcome, and we can allow a family of up to six people in there oh, during fantastic. one time. Oh, great. Excellent. And that's in um, guidelines with what the, the guidelines are for um, face. Yeah, yeah, for get-togethers and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Um, based on the size sure. of the museum corner. Sure. The families can register for up to one um, time per week. Upon arrival, they will find a container in the museum corner for them filled with Materials that they can use in each of the areas while they are in the museum corner. Specific to them. Specific to them for for that time time period. Period, yes. uh Um, We are asking families to wash their hands or use hand sanitizer before they enter. Mm -hmm. Everyone is required, anyone over the age of two is required to wear a mask at Mm -hmm. all times. Mm -hmm. So that, that will be required while they're in the museum corner. And there's materials in, there's some musical instruments to use in the European area. There's four books, one for each area. So if they want to sit down and read the books with the children, um, there's Kamishi Bai story cards. They can make their own Kamishi Bai stories. We'll have paper and colored pencils in there. We have stick puppets for that can be cleaned, you know, for the puppet theater area. And then there's also some magnetic cards, word card and picture cards that they can use on a, a magnetic, magnetic wall um, area that we have to make their own stories and some story sequencing um, that are also magnetic they can use in another area. So each of the kits is going to have all these materials in there. There's also going to be a take and make or make and take mm-hmm. um, activity in each. Um, and we'll rotate them every week. We have three different activities planned at this point. So there'll be a little craft, you know, they can make their own instrument to take home. Something to take home. They can yep. make a stick, some stick puppets to take home. Yeah. Great. So um, so just to clarify, so it's one family per time slot. One family per time slot, so the family up gets to six people. Up to six people, and the entire family, that entire six people, get the entire museum corner yeah, They for get that the time. entire museum corner to themselves That's for that time. That's actually pretty cool when you think about yeah, it, right? they have an hour. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, if they were to want to do everything that we have available for them in that container, 
it would probably take more than an hour, mm-hmm. but pick and choose what they'd like to do and you can they can register to come back another you know another week. Sure. Yeah. And what we're doing is uh we're we're doing these visits on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays. There's three time slots for each day. Um if we find we need to, we'll add more. Okay. At this point it's only for middle country residents, but that that may change depending on availability. Sure. Those containers get um cleaned and quarantine for 72 hours just like how the books coming back in the library so the whole container so the the monday at 10 30 container when those people leave it's going to be quarantined until thursday you know in 10 30 it won't be used again so again along with the guidelines and recommendations for safety it sounds like a lot of safety measures are being taken it, almost above and beyond at this point with, with the museum corners. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we want to make it safe for everyone, exactly. but still allow them to come in and, and use the exhibit. And and we're excited about the new exhibit and wanted to find a way to make it work. It's a very clever way, and it's a fantastic way yeah. you know, to make it work. And quite frankly, I, I wish we didn't have this coronavirus thing. But you know what? To have the museum corner for an hour to myself... That's a pretty good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. I, I, I think it's kind of. I think people are going to like it yeah. if they take advantage of it. I, I think they're going to find it. It it should be a really nice experience. Exactly, exactly. So the title once again is the for this... title is "Tell the World a Story: Folk Tales from Around the World." Great, and that's open now. Um, yes, our time slots start today um, at ten thirty. They're an hour long. We have a half hour in between each. Um, and that's something I forgot to mention. We will have staff going in. Um, for that half hour in between the sessions to wipe down all of the surfaces. And there, there's two iPad activities. Those will be wiped down in between um, the sessions. Great. So everything will be cleaned in between. Great. And this is going at least until until when? This we is... have them scheduled out through like mid-September. September. It may, you know, maybe longer than that, right. but at least through then. Excellent. Sounds fantastic, Deborah. Thank thanks, you. Thanks so much for coming down. All right, thank you for having me. Okay, that does it for another episode, episode 128. We're coming into, uh, you know, we're getting in there, 150 soon. Yeah, we yeah. we got to think about our uh, 200th episode. Oh, my right? God. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Yeah, we gotta, that, we have to do something really special. Okay. Maybe, maybe we should, you know, bake <laughs> a, a pie cake. or something. I was just going to say, Sarah and I, we're here, right? We're like, bake a cake, have pie, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that does it for another episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to listen to older episodes or read our show notes, visit our website, mcplpodcast.com. Or if you'd like to send us an email, perhaps you have a reference question, perhaps you have a a suggestion for a future show, please uh, let us know. It's uh, podcast at mcplibrary.org. So for Sarah Fade and Nicole Rambo, I'm Sal DiVincenzo. We'll see you on the next show.